everybody, this is Harriet Kimmock, the host of Down to Earth, the show in which we talk about the issues that matter. And today on our show, I want to share with you the topic, the sheep know the shepherd. And I'm looking at you and you're like, mm-hmm, what is that going to be about? Well, the scriptures tell us very clearly how the shepherd is and what the qualities of the shepherd are. We discussed that last week in Titus chapter 1, verses 5 to 9. Therefore, if the people are being taught what the qualities of the shepherd are, then therefore we must know the shepherd. It is instructive to us because the Bible is a compilation of stories, right? So it's not just Old and New Testament as we have seen it. But when you read it all together, it's one continuous thread. You realize it's the revelation of Jesus Christ and it is the revelation of God's love for humanity. And who are humanity, might I ask? You and I. So the sheep knows the shepherd. And we're going to see that in Psalms 100. That's right, in the Old Testament. Psalms 100. It only has five verses. But we're going to study today verse 3. And from there, we're going to discover some eternal truths that have pre-existed before you and I. See, I grew up in a day and time when... We used to hear, my grandmother used to say that in the 1940s, they thought God was coming. In the 1940s in America, actually began the faith movement, the word of the faith movement, right? Where people like Oral Roberts, Billy Graham, and so on were emerging as preachers, right? And preaching us by faith and salvation. Later on, it became the charismatic movement where people were moved by personalities. That movement is now evolving. So my grandmother used to say that, well, I've been hearing about God coming from, you know, from my, she said, I grew up hearing my parents talk about it and my children are hearing me talk about it. So I can just imagine. So it tells us then, what does it tell us? That God is eternal, that each generation experiences God on a different level. I have two children, one of whom is a millennial and one is a generation Z. And you can look up that for reference, who is a millennial and who is a Generation Z. And then behind Generation Z are the alphas, Generation Alpha. I have found that my children have a different perception of God based on their lived experiences. Their perspective is shaped by what they have been taught by me and also by their lived experience. Do you know who else has a tremendous amount of influence on them? The society. As far as I'm concerned, the society is godless. Nobody believes in God because everybody wants to do what they want to do. So they have erased the accountability of God from the conversation, from the society. So there is no standard now by which others are judged. It used to be when I was a kid, I'm 57, so I'm a Generation X. So I'm at the high end of Generation X, right? So... It used to be that God was the standard. So God being the standard meant that everybody had a standard. So you were judged according to what God's standard were. Don't kill, don't shoot, don't murder, don't get divorced, all of that. Then we turned that over and said, that doesn't fit us. As we got richer and richer and more advanced with technology, we determined that we were our own gods. We even are trying to find ways to think we can live eternally. People believe in cryogenics, that they can freeze themselves. And when the world erupts, they will come back. Now they're building a bridge to Mars to see if they can build a house on Mars and live on Mars. Because this 
current group of billionaires believe that this earth is 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 condemned do you know who did the condemning wasn't us the people who were working it right absolutely we didn't have the power to do it so now because there's no accountability no final accountability every generation then experiences god in a different way so now it is harder for me and others like me to teach God and to teach about God because you have a generation who say, I never heard about God. I never seen God. I don't know what you're talking about. There is no other accountability but myself. I can do what I want. I can say what I want. So what I'm saying is it becomes harder. So now for those of us who as we mature and as we grow, we begin to realize that there is more to life than just what I see. There's more to life than going to get a degree, getting an advanced degree, then you buy a house, then you start living, then as you get older, you start asking, what is my purpose? What was the purpose for me being here? I've achieved all of that, so what's next? And that's where I want to take it this morning. Amen? Amen. So turn with me. We're going to examine this in Psalms 100, the eternalness, eternalness of God, and how the sheep will know his shepherd. So when it's your time to find out if there is a God, you are going to know who is God. Amen. Amen. But first, if this is your first time watching us or listening to this podcast, my name is Harriet Kamek. I'm an author and speaker. For more information about me, you can go to harrietkamek.tv as well as you can visit the exodusfoundation.com. In addition to that, I am the founder of the Exodus Foundation. It's an organization that provides relief services to women fleeing intimate partner violence and for women fleeing human trafficking. So for more information, please visit us on the web at harrietcamock.tv or the exodusfoundation.com. Thank you so much for listening. And turn with me in your Bibles. And if you don't have a Bible, uh, it is the bestseller. It's the all-time number one bestseller everywhere in the world in every language. Then you can now, thanks to technology, download the Bible by app. I know by now you're curious about what this is all about. So download the Bible app to your device and turn with me to Psalms 100. In the little search bar, just put in Psalms 100 and there you will find these eternal words. And this is a Psalm of Thanksgiving written by King David, who is a historical figure. You can also look up King David anywhere on Google search engines worldwide. Amen. And it says in Psalms 100, our study this morning is taken from verse 3, but let's read. Here's what it says. It says, make a joyful shout to the Lord, all you lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know that the Lord, he is God. Listen, it is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. Father, in the name of Jesus, let me decrease so that you might increase. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts find acceptance in your sight. We pray for someone watching and listening this morning who might need your help. Someone searching for answers. We pray that you will answer in the name of Jesus. You are God, the provider. Answer and provide. You are God, the way maker. Make a way for someone's business. You are God, the provider of medication and prescription drugs. Amen. You are God, the provider of someone keeping the internet so their kids can be homeschooled in the name of Jesus. 
You are God who makes a way for jobs, make a way for someone this morning. You are God who provides for businesses. You are God who heals our bodies. You are God who brings justification and righteousness back to our marriages. Bring us together and bring the people whom you have called together. Let them come together. You are God who provides for us. You are God our protector. You are God our shield. You are God our discerner. And we thank you this morning. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So what did the scripture say? Let's go back to Psalms 100 verse 3 and listen to what it says. It says this. It says, know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. I want to pause there for just a minute. I want us to really, really, and this is going to go against everything you have perhaps learned in psychology, sociology, anthropology, and all the ologies. Know that the Lord, he is God. And it is he who has made us. Let me explain. God is eternal. I told you at the beginning how my grandmother talked about God and how she grew up hearing her parents talk about God. My grandmother, for reference, was born in 1925. If she grew up hearing about God, then her parents were born when? In the 1800s. If they were born in the 1800s, then people have been talking about God from before you and I even appeared on this earth. In my story, I was born in the 1960s, right? You are probably listening. You were probably born in the 1940s, the 1950s, the 1960s, the 1970s. I know today's new generation think that people who were born in 1990 are old and people born in 1980 are the ancestors. So they probably think people like me are ancient, well, you and I, born in the you know 1950s, 60s, are ancient. And I don't even know they would call us the ancestors anymore. They might call us the ancients, right? Such is the world that we live in. The Bible says right here that God made us. We didn't make ourselves. I like, people like to say, well, I am the existing one. You know what the name of God means? God means the self-sufficient one, the self-existent one. He existed before us. He controls time. He had nothing to do with us being here. He has everything to do with us being here. That's the argument. I've never seen God at any time. So if I've never seen God, he must not exist. That's not true. God pre-existed before your ancestors were even born. Before you were a mite in your mother's eye, God pre-existed. All of us are but a vapor on the earth. We're just passing through this place. No matter how great we are, no matter how powerful we are, no matter how much we control the dialogue and the conversation and we trips across the stage as if we are the first and the last, nobody exceeds God. Because God is eternal. God is eternal because he existed before us. So as far as I'm concerned, if someone existed before me, I give them obeisance. This is why today I still have respect for the people who were born before me. I give them respect. Now, if you disrespect me, you've passed the place and you are going to be confined. But generally, when I see people older than I am, I hold the door for them. I help them into the cars. If I see them struggling to lift stuff in the supermarket, I put my purse down and say, hey, you need some help. And I just lift it up. By the time they answer me, I've already put it in the cart. 
If I see them walking to their cars, I walk behind them to make sure, especially when it's slippery and it's wet, I walk behind them to make sure they're getting their cars. You know what that is? Respect. I'm giving credence to them because they existed before me. That's what we're supposed to do. We're supposed to give respect to God because he existed before us. We need to stop and shut down this noise that anybody who is one year, two years, five years older than us, we need to dismiss and say that people don't have any sense and people don't. You need to be able to say, if you live as long as they do, then give God the glory because nowadays people are being taken out of here at 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20. And you find yourself at 30, at the grand old age of 30, and think that you are powerful. Come on, we need to stop this foolishness. God is God. He made us. None of us made ourselves. You don't want to know how I know? Go ask a scientist if he has cloned a human being and a human being just got up and just start walking and just start developing. If you don't believe me, think about how you were made. Let me humble all of us and bring us back down to basics. The Bible says in Genesis that God took dirt and made men, and out of the rib of a man, he made woman. And then after that, he put us together and say, go have sex. And when you have sex, out of that is going to come a baby that's a human being that will grow up to be a human being. So there you are sitting thinking you are so powerful because you have $2 billion, or you earned $55 million last year, and you forgot that the biggest man you ever are, you ever saw, was once a baby. God pre-existed before us. So he's self-sufficient. He doesn't need me and my belief to exist. He doesn't need you and your belief to exist. He will always exist. He's self-existent. So he doesn't need me and you to sustain him. So give up this stuff where you go into the sanctuary and you hear preachers tell you that you must uh, give God your money. God, I've never seen money float up to heaven. Have you? No. I have never seen it. Have you ever seen money float up to heaven? Have you ever seen a bank says the bank of heaven and when you put your money in, you get a statement at the end of the year that says all your money was deposited to the bank of heaven. God doesn't need any of us to exist, but we need God. He made us and not we ourselves. So scientists is trying to tell you, yes, science says that I went to bed and had sex and my womb produced a child because I'm not self-existent. So therefore, when I rise up from a baby, I'm now 57, I keep rising and then one day I go down and then my children who, were bo who are born, they rise up and it goes down. Just like my grandmother, remember what she told me when she was a child and then she had my mother and then my mother had me and then I have children. And so the generations continue and they continue. It tells us about God. Listen to what it says in the next verse. It says, it is he who has made us. Listen to this. It says, we are his people and the sheep of his pasture. We belong to God. We are the sheep. We are whom? And guess what that word there means? If there are sheep, there is a shepherd. So we belong to God. And he is responsible for us. So if he's responsible for us, we're accountable to him for our actions. It's just like my children. They're grown now and everybody has gone to college and, and so on. And everybody thinks they're grown. But every now and then somebody gets something happened to them. And mom, you can tell by the sound of their voice what is wrong. 
Why do I know that? Because from they were little, you trained them up in the way they should grow. So you can tell by the sound of their voice what is going on. So when they call me, they are the sheep of my pasture. So no matter how grown people are and think they are, guess what happens? What happens? They know they belong to me and I am still responsible for them. Please do not tell them that because then they're going to take everything I have. Please, I beg you. But this is the truth. How do I know? When my mom passed away, I felt like I was cut off. Why? Because all of my life, I felt like I belonged to her and she was responsible for me. Amen? Amen. So this is why when our parents die, we feel so cut off. It's like the person who was responsible for us is gone. But that is the moment when we do what? According to Psalms 27, we look up to God and say, know that my mother and father have forsaken me, then the Lord will take me up. Do you see how it all is interwoven and how it comes together? How then shall we as human beings walk through the earth and believe that God has abandoned us? I know that it feels terrible. I'm speaking especially to our brothers and sisters in the Sudan, in Africa, in all parts of Ethiopia, Somalia, and in all parts of the sub-Saharan African desert. I'm speaking to our brothers and sisters in Egypt. I'm speaking to our brothers and sisters trying to cross the Straits of Gibraltar to touch the foothold of Spain, the first part of the European continent, to get away from everything that is bad. I'm speaking to our brothers and sisters in Syria. I'm speaking to the people of Gaza who feel like they have nobody, that God has abandoned them. Can we look up and say, God, help me? Can we look up and say, God, pull me up out of this? The reason that I know that is because it was me who stood in the need of need. Maybe I wasn't crossing a desert. Maybe I wasn't crossing and drinking dirty water and drinking water flowing with sewage. Maybe I didn't hear bombs going off in the air, but in my house, there was a bomb called my ex-husband who was beating me up. And it was me who had to turn like every generation before me and look up onto the hills and call on the name of God. And he answered me and pulled me up. What am I saying? I am ultimately God's responsibility. So I submit myself and subrogate my rights as a human to him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly. That's what the Bible says in the book of Jude. Therefore, it behooves all of us then to submit ourselves, submit our nature. I know right now the Super Bowl is going on and everybody in Vegas is trotting and people that, as a matter of fact, they said that Vegas ran out of spaces to park private jets, that 475 spaces to park private jets were booked out. There was nowhere else. Can you believe that? That's how much money people have. So everybody is feeding themselves, as my kids would say. They're feeling real good about themselves. I'm powerful. I'm rich. Look what I can do. People only dream of living like I do. And one day you wake up and go to the doctor and it's all over. And there we all are singing nearer my God to thee as they put you down in a grave or as they put you in an entomb. And you have never seen anybody walk out of a tomb, have you? 
Have you ever seen anyone who has been dead get up and walk again? Have you never seen us all see people laid out, no matter how powerful they were? Did you not see the Queen of England? Remember her? She has all the power in the universe, all the power on this planet. Still laid out. Still to this day, have you heard any more sounds come out of her? Do you see them prop her up on the throne? Do you see her issuing any edict? Her son, who is king now, was diagnosed. Pretty soon, his days upon the earth will be over. His days are numbered right now. This is a matter of a countdown. Do you see what I'm saying? So no one, no one is beating this game of life. The only way out of here is death. The only way out is that no matter who you are, there is one commonality among all humans, regardless of what your belief system is, whether you believe in Christianity, Shinto, whatever your religion is, all the Yoruba religions of the world, all the Hindu, everybody, we all are subject to the creator. God is eternal. Man created all these deities. Let me put it this way. If you can see it and touch it and a man built it, that's not God. This is why the Bible says no man has seen God at any time. In the book of Genesis, there was a man named Moses. God spoke to him from the mountain of Sinai. And God told him, turn your face so that when I pass by, my glory will not kill you. Did you hear me? Not even Moses saw the face of God. I don't know what the face of God looks like. I think he looks like all of us as humans because the Bible says we are made in his image. So no matter what a human being looks like, that's the face of God. That's why I don't kill people maybe because I'm looking at them and thinking, I don't know, I don't want to be held accountable maybe. Maybe if all of us humble ourselves and bring ourselves to that point, when someone is standing in front of you begging you, when someone needs a job, you don't just fire people indiscriminately. You don't just look at people who clean your house and treat them like they're nothing. You don't just have sex with women and just discard them and just leave the children to be nothing. Maybe if we humble ourselves, just because you stand up as a man to pee doesn't mean that you are more powerful than God. Doesn't mean that you are God. You're telling people that when you come before me, you should stand when I walk into the room. Seriously? People are going to honor you based on what is on you, brother. What is on you, sister. They're going to honor you based on how you treat people. They're not going to honor you based on how you strut into the room with your arrogance. We have mistaken arrogance for confidence. We have mistaken arrogance for power. But that's not what God says because the true power really resides with God. He who has the power to call life and death, that's the one with the true power. Did I not just tell you about the Queen of England? She has all the power. She could command her majesty's government. Where is that? Where, where are they now? If you don't believe me, let's look at our own country. We are the most powerful country on the planet. We have some dangerous weapons, yeah? Including some of those weapons that have been weaponized to use against your own people. Thank you. Right? All of the presidents, eventually, they all lay up. Have you not seen us bury presidents? The most powerful man in the universe on the planet. The one with all the weapons. And what happens after his time on earth has ended? Where does he end up? Laid out. Become a bag of bones. We become nothing but dust. 
ashes to ashes and dust to dust. No matter how, look at me, I beautify myself and put on all of this. It means nothing in the end. God is eternal. It is he who made us and not we ourselves. So you are going to sit there and say, this is what they say. Well, if God is so good, then why did God make some people with disabilities and God makes some? Because it is the course of human nature. Nothing is going to be perfect. The only perfect reality is God. Nothing else is. So once we are here, we are subject to the fallacies that exist here. First of all, they have polluted the environment since the 1700s. That's what they're not really telling you. So therefore, the environment has been polluted ever since. It's by the grace of God you and I have not been consumed by all the toxins in the environment. If people in Africa have to wait to take water out of the earth, and then there's, they have no sewage system, people, and listen, I'm not saying Africa, because Africa is a rich land filled with natural resources. But wherever in the world that people do not have fresh running water to drink, it is caused by someone in power who did not do what they were supposed to do. Am I absolving the global north? No, they are ultimately responsible for the problems that the global south is experiencing. And here is the thing. You know what the people who have the power know? All the resources of the world are where? In the global south. All the natural resources that make nations rich are in the global south. What am I saying? I am saying to you that it is time for us to start looking up. Perhaps God hears us. And when God hears us, we're not looking up and calling on the name of God as much as we should. We're not preaching. We're not praying to God. We go into sanctuaries and we believe we are praying, but there is a man standing on the stage who is acting like he's God. That's not how any of this is supposed to work. We're supposed to say, God, I I am me. I'm just a human. I have limited days on the planet. The Bible says we're given three score and ten, and if by reason of our constitution we have more, we give all praise to the Most High God. We give God the praise because according to the scripture, it is he who hath made us and not we ourselves. Amen? God is not a man, so he's not built like us. He's eternal. If he's eternal, then he must be a spirit because that's also what the Bible says. So if God is not a man that he should lie, nor the son of man that he should repent, then what is? God is eternal and that one crucible is what we accept. If you are fighting with that right now, I'm going to ask you to call us for prayer. If you're fighting with the eternal nature of God, if, if for some reason none of the words I have spoken have made sense or they have not impressed upon you, please reach out and give us a call so we can further provide you with prayer. Perhaps you are experiencing that because you need to know where is God in the midst of your circumstances? Where is God in the midst of what you need to do? I encourage you to pray. But right now, I'm just going to pray with you. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray right now for someone listening that you answer their prayer and prove to them that you are God in the midst of their trouble, in the midst of their situation. We give you all the praise and we give you all the glory in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Be blessed.